Hey, what's up, guys? It's Music Man here, and we're going to go today over the instrumentals. Not the instrumental sections, but the best, at least my favorite, of their actual full song instrumentals. And of course, we will go over the instrumental sections of the band at some point, but there's almost more of those than there are actual instrumentals. I think in total, there's only about 18 out of their whole catalog, 18 instrumentals. And of those 18, five of them are actually B-sides. So you can tell they've, they've never, even though they've been a very, they've been definitely a, a very big instrumental section band, they've never been much of an instrumental song band. I will say that their instrumental songs don't really match up to me to their instrumental sections. You know, there's so many songs where you've got like some vocals and then an instrumental section and then the vocals come back and then you go back to another instrumental and... Those are the songs I always have always loved from the band. That's always my favorite type of song, like One for the Vine or, you know, uh, Fading Lights or Cinema Show or something like that, where you get a little bit more mixture of vocals and instrumentals. It's really hard to make a really good, solid instrumental, you know, like a song that just fully instrumental all the way through. Uh, and to be fair, on this list of 18, there's a few songs that still have some minor vocals, like almost like either harmony vocals or maybe like 5% of the song has some vocals. But, you know, overall, these are mostly instrumentals, like 95 to, you know, 100% instrumental only. And what I'm actually going to do is name, you know, the other eight songs that aren't in my top 10. Then I'm going to go through each of the top 10 and kind of go through what I think about each song. So the songs that did not make the cut was After the Ordeal, the Waiting Room, Ravine, Riding the Scree, even though that's another example of a song where there's a tiny bit of vocals, but it's mostly an instrumental song. Submarine, Namu Namu, even though that's kind of also got the Phil Harmony vocals, but you know, it's it's basically an instrumental. And then Fret from Calling All Stations. So rounding out number 10 on our list is Silent Sorrow in Empty Boats. Now, the instrumentals, especially on, like, The Lamb, for example, are more transitional kind of pieces. You know, they're not really they're not really anything special. I think for me with this one is, like, I don't know, it's the sound design. The, 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 I don't know, the way that Tony and Steve put together the, the keyboards and the guitars. Just something is really, really kind of cool about this song. I don't know, it's, it's not like, oh, I'm going to pop on Silent Sorrow and Empty Boats and jam out. But, you know what I mean? But it's like, if you really just sit and listen to the song, you're like, wow, that's actually kind of a cool, it's very cinematic. You know, for me as a film composer, I like a song like this where it feels like almost like a film score cue. And at number nine, we have seven eights from Calling All Stations. And this, obviously this album had the most B-sides out of any of their whole albums. Like you could tell they had a lot of ideas they were throwing around, but this one, you know, it's, it's not much to begin with. The first couple of minutes are kind of just like, yeah, you know, okay. But it does evolve. Like, there's something about the way that this song kind of goes into each section that sounds almost like old Genesis. I don't know, for me, at least, like, starting around two minutes, there's, like, a couple sections where it just, I don't know, it just sounds like something from, like, maybe Duke. Or, I don't know, just it has that kind of old slash new sound to it, which is really cool. 
And as the name implies, I'm pretty sure this is in 7-8's time signature. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it definitely is a 7-8 time signature, which is, it doesn't really sound like it, you know? Like, it doesn't sound like it's something really that different sounding. It kind of sounds almost like a 4-4 kind of song, but I don't know. For me, it it works. And it's a lot more interesting than Fret. And at number 8 is Hairless Heart. Now, this one, it's funny because it's another one from The Lamb. It's another transition kind of piece. This one's almost more nostalgic for me from the 2007 Genesis documentary, you know, uh, The Come Rain or Shine, I think, because they play this a lot during some of the, the transition pieces where they're just kind of like showing the band setting up and like things like that, where it's, you know, it's definitely, to me, the most nostalgic part for me is the 2007 tour, because at that point I was 18, I was really, you know, and I watched this over and over again. I'd say even more than I listened to The Lamb at that point. So for me, there's just something really, really cool about this little ditty. (laughs) And I do really like the sounds that Tony uses on this part and mixing it with kind of uh, Steve Hackett's vocal pedal effect. I don't know. It just sounds like Genesis to me. And next on our list is Horizons. Technically, this is just a Steve song, you know, so this is probably something you would have just heard on his solo albums. But, you know... I mean, it is a Genesis song, so this is what we got. You know, this is probably the only song that we have from their catalog that sounds like this. That's just him on guitar and no one else is playing. And there's other songs like After the Ordeal, but those are kind of, it's a little different. It's kind of just the way it's, there's more instrumentation. There's more like drums. There's like some keyboard sounds. You know, Horizons is just straight up Steve on an acoustic guitar mic'd up. And you just have to love that finger-picking kind of like really classical guitar style that he plays in this. Now getting to the more rocky songs, we got uh, Watt Gorilla. To me, I think this one's just one of Phil's coolest instrumental drum songs. You know, I mean, there's obviously a lot of great sections that Phil has played in where he's playing an instrumental part and he's doing some cool drum parts. But I don't know, this is this one to me just really really shows off not only Tony's skills as a keyboard player, but Phil's ability to kind of play off of Tony's style. I don't really love that the last 30 seconds is just wind chimes, you know, but I mean, what are you going to do? And at number five, we have the Brazilian. Now, uh, this was, you know, the one instrumental on on Invisible Touch, and it's the one that Tony says, you know, sounds like his stuff, even though I, I can't think of a song on his catalog that sounds like this, personally. Uh, (laughs) I mean, if you can comment below, let me know. I personally don't really hear, like, obviously it sounds like Tony. There's a lot of Tony. It's all Tony, but I'm saying like, it's basically like Tony and then Phil with his cool, you know, Simmons drum, you know, electronic drum kit, but you know, and a little bit of, of Mike soloing at the end, which is really cool, but you know, it doesn't sound like a Tony Banks solo song. Maybe a little bit like Charm or something like that. But even then, it's like, not really. It still sounds better than those. This one actually translates pretty well live, like on the one Wembley. I think Wembley, they do a pretty good job of playing this whole song and actually doing it pretty well. And this is definitely an example of a song where they included it on the album to kind of show people, hey guys, we're, you know, we're not still just, we're not only pop. Like, we do still have some of this kind of unique, different style playing that we can incorporate into our albums. And then number four, we have In That Quiet Earth from Wind and Weathering. Yeah, this one, I don't know. It's I, I just love the transitions and 
I like the consistent fast rhythm, you know, uh, and I love, I love, I absolutely love the transition around like two minutes and 45 seconds when they kind of go into this. It almost sounds like the knife or like uh, dancing with the moonlit night or dance on the volcano. It's, it's that kind of halftime kind of speed all of a sudden where it just kind of changes. And it's like Tony goes crazy and just solos over everything in the song. And I love it. But the drums are also just doing some crazy stuff that, you know, you really never hear before or after this. So in the middle of actually making this list, I kind of forgot about one song. <laughs> so this is going to be a top 11. We're just going to kind of squeeze a song in here. Technically, this is... Let's say this is tied with number four, okay? Let's just put these... In That Quiet Earth is number four, but also at number four, we have Los Endos, the song they did on the 2007 tour, which they didn't do in the 2021-2022 tour, which is really a shame because, I mean, I think it would have been kind of nice to kind of have more instrumental stuff, and I guess maybe because that song was such a double-drum-heavy kind of thing... But we really didn't have anything like that on the on the most recent tour, like this really long instrumental that wasn't just part of a song that we've heard before, like like Home by the Sea or, or Domino or Firth, even Firth of Fifth, which we've heard that version like a million times. But there's something I really love about Los Endos that in the original version, it's, it sounds amazing as well. But over the years, they've really perfected it and gotten it to sound really great live. And I think in 2007, it sounded just as good, if not the best it's ever sounded. And at number three, we have another B-side instrumental, and that one's Do the Neurotic. Now, this one uh, from Invisible Touch, I think it really kind of sums up the way Phil started to drum in this period. Just that really high, upbeat kind of like snare, you know, kind of like rhythm that he just, he kind of became known for in this period. But, you know, they have some clips of them rehearsing the song live, but it's mostly a Phil on drums. And I think the reason they said that they didn't want to include it is because they thought they thought it sounded too much like old Genesis, or not old Genesis, but it sounded too much like something they've done before versus the Brazilian, which sounded kind of new and different, which I totally understand. But also there was, what, eight songs of the album? You couldn't have thrown one more song on there? Nope, we can only have one instrumental on this whole album. But for me, it's like I discovered this song through the Wembley DVD menu, where that's like the only song that plays is, is do the neurotic. And I, I don't know. I just, for, for me, I've always really loved the song. I think to me, it's better than the Brazilian, hence why it's higher on the list. But I, I personally just really, I love the keyboard sounds. I love, you know, Mike's guitar is playing almost the whole time. There's a lot of great guitar moments in this song. And I think Mike gets to shine a lot more in this one than he does in the Brazilian the Brazilian just feels like it's just Phil playing with Simmons and Tony just doing his thing. But Mike's just kind of an afterthought. And, and do the neurotic, it feels like a jam. It feels like the band in this era writing like their next Duke's Travels, you know, like something that, that they've never really done before, but still sounds different, but also still kind of sounds like what the rest of the album is. It definitely has that 80s feel and mixed with kind of their grungier Avocab and maybe some parts of Duke. So it's always a shame to me that this one didn't make the album, that, you know, we never got to really hear it live, etc. So this is, to me, is one of my favorite instrumentals. All right, now we're down to the top two songs. So once I say number two, you're probably going to know what number one is, but uh, I actually go back and forth between these two as being my top instrumentals. Just kind of depends on the day, but I think... 
overall, I'm going to say number two is Duke's Travels slash Duke's End. Uh, you know, because it's basically one song. Let's let's be honest. And uh, there is that little section at the end where he sings, which he didn't sing in 2007, which is kind of funny. But, you know, it's kind of goes back into the guide vocal vocals. But, you know, let's be honest. It's like a out of the 10 minutes, that's what, like 30, 40 seconds or something. So it's an instrumental to me. And, uh, yeah, it's my number two. I think the only reason it's number two and not number one is I think it's a little keyboard heavy it's a little too bright for me like i think obviously i love the beginning with the drums that's like probably my favorite part but i personally love this song i think it's great i think it's you know it's got everything you want from a genesis song like i said if i had to give any complaints it would be more just it might be a little too bright for me like it's like the production it kind of like there's not a lot of like grit to it it's very keyboard heavy the even the keyboard sounds he uses are like very high pitched but i think the transitions are incredible the drums are obviously fantastic but i think there are some parts that get a little bit like much there's like personally it's funny because the way they started in 2007 where it's like like that's kind of where i get a little bit like all right like i'm not really into that part that much but i love the part that comes after that and uh, yeah, so I think this one, this one's a great one. I think it really sums up the sound of Duke, which is one of my favorite albums for sure. But I don't know. The reason it's not number one, I think, is just because number one for me is Second Home by the Sea. Maybe because it's such a big staple for their live shows nowadays that not nowadays, but pretty much since what, 86, 83, like they've, they've been playing this so much and they've perfected it and they got it to sound so good. The lights are just incredible. You know, obviously, I think the lights would have been really good for Duke's Travels if you had continued to play it every year and made it your instrumental staple. But this, to me, was the song that they kind of were like, okay, this is going to be kind of our big instrumental section, you know, especially in the last couple tours. And, you know, a lot of people would say, oh, it's just another long Tony solo. But realistically, there's a lot of cool parts of this song where it's like Mike gets to shine in the second half a lot. And that's actually probably one of my favorite Mike guitar moments is when his guitar comes in like four minutes or whatever. I think live too, the visuals on that part are always really cool. And I do like all the transitions. I like how, you know, I like how simple they are, to be honest. I think it's kind of nice to actually have it be these cool little sections, but it doesn't, nothing feels too proggy. Nothing feels too progressive to where it's, you know, because in the past, some of their other progressive rock songs, you know, that had these long instrumental sections would almost get a little too complicated, right? Like, you almost, like, don't want to listen to something so complicated as opposed to something like this where it's like, it's like that Fading Lights thing where it's it's such an amazing, like, instrumental part and section, but it's still not doing anything too different and too out there, you know? It's just this really great pop rock instrumental with a little bit of cinematic atmospheric stuff to it. And yeah, you could also say the drums are pretty repetitive on this, but I do like the double drums effect that they use live. And I think Nick did a great job on the last Domino tour replicating just one drum. Technically, you could say the same thing about Nier on the Conversations tour, but I think Nick did it a little bit better. And similar to Duke's Travels, it does have a bit of a vocal part that comes in at the end, but, you know... I still think it's mostly instrumental and I do like how they go back into the verse that they had from the first part of the song. You know, it does make it feel like it's this 
complete whole song. I think Home by the Sea for sure has a whole song, but specifically Second Home by the Sea in that section, I, I can listen to on repeat my whole life, I think. I think it's, uh, there are probably a lot of people who are like, really, that song? You know, <laughs> what about Cinema Show or Supper's Ready? It's like, yeah, that's true, but those songs are almost, like I said, sometimes I'm not in the mood to listen to something so complicated and so perfectly well executed from a progressive rock classical standpoint. Sometimes you just want a cool rockin' instrumental song like this. And uh, as you can see from my list, that's kind of what I gravitated towards. So I'll uh, I'll recap my top 10 just to kind of go over it again. Uh, actually, top 11. <laughs> Number 10, Silent Sorrow in Empty Boats. Number 9, Seven Eights. Number 8, Hairless Heart. Number 7, Horizons. Number 6, Walk Gorilla. Number 5, The Brazilian. Number four, In That Quiet Earth and Los Endos. Number three, Do the Neurotic. Number two, Duke's Travels, Duke's End. And number one, Second Home by the Sea. So comment below. Let me know what you guys think. Like, do you agree with this list at all? Would you completely scrap the list and <laughs> pick a whole other set of songs? Or, uh, you know, do you agree with parts of it? What, what do you guys think? Do you guys prefer the, like earlier era stuff even if it's maybe not quite as like you know would you prefer something like ravine or after the ordeal or something like that over like do the neurotic and the brazilian and home by the sea or do you think that they kind of got better at instrumental songs not not instrumental sections but instrumental songs as their career went on either way let me know what you guys think and thanks for listening music man signing off Thank <laughs> you.